Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 197 for Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. How's it going, onesies? You guys having the best, uh, living your best lives, having the best week ever, having the best day ever, whenever you're listening to this. Um, things are going just fine. Plugging right along. I, uh, I'll tell you guys about a sort of a weird kind of, I mean, personally scary for you guys. It might be nothing, but for me, it was a scary week. Um, and all the shit I did in that week, I don't have a a ton of actual events that I did. Um, but I will tell you all about what was going on. And, uh, yeah, I, I had a chance to, uh, work on the boxes. I uh, chatted with a friend of mine in Thailand and I'll tell you guys about that. I watched a lot of movies and documentaries this week. I was basically doing work on the boxes, getting everything packed with, you know, the, the items, the t-shirts and stuff came in. And so I was packing those up. I think they came in on Thursday. I got the, uh, what was it? Uh, the water bottles came in. I'm not sure if I told you guys about that. I'm trying to remember what day they came in. What was the second last thing? Oh, the little phone wallets, the ones that you stick on the back of your phone and put a couple credit cards or debit cards or whatever in. Those came in and when I picked those up, I was like, oh, the fucking t-shirts are ready too. That's amazing. So that was a cool day. I think, fuck, it's hard to remember because like that last week, like a lot of shit just came in. The water bottles came in, the t-shirts came in. Um, and I was just, I was jazzed. I was jazzed. I'm so glad we are waiting at this point. We are waiting on one more thing to come in and then these boxes get shipped. And like I said, every time somebody sees something, one of the new things, somebody else is like, I'll take one. I'll take one. So, uh, I do still have a few left, not a lot, but it's, it's also funny cause I have a ton of friends who are like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out if I can make it work or whatever it is. Like I'd like to pick like, whatever it is. And so I'm like, and it's funny too, cause now people are like, well, can I get like, cause some of these bigger items I got just enough of for the box, maybe one or two extra so that I personally have a couple of them. But like, uh, like all the little things that were coming in at first were higher quantities, you know, the journals and the the mugs and stuff. Like some people are like, oh, I, sh- I can just, I'll just take a mug or whatever. Cool. That's an option for you. But the cool shit that comes in that really has people going like, oh, I want one of those hats. Sorry. I have enough for the boxes. You want a hat? You need a box. You want a t-shirt? You need a box. You want one of these fucking bomb ass water bottles? You know, these water bottles that I, I've been rocking mine for a fucking almost a week now. And I, I dig this thing, man. Uh, it's awesome. A few people, shockingly enough, were like, Hey, that's a nice ass water bottle. Then they see my logo and they're like, Oh shit. I'm like, yep. Well, you know, nothing but the best for my onesie. So I'm just, I'm in this thing where again, not to create urgency, the boxes will sell. I'm not worried. But a lot of the people who are like, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking about it. I think I want one, but it's not, 
got to move your, I, I'm a, I'm a pull the trigger guy. They're going to be first come first serve. When you lock it in, you go, I'll take one. It's yours, but we got a, we got a, just a few left, just a few left. And I'm not worried because these have been so popular that I think, you know, come the 300th episode, I'll have different stuff, different ideas of things, but I'm so, I'm so happy with the, the playing cards came back and they look amazing. There was an issue with the box. They first came in. And like I said, if it wasn't perfect, you know, or, or at least bordering on perfect, right? Cause what's that old saying? The, uh, perfect is the enemy of good, right? Trying to make something too perfect, but I'm so jazzed, man. I'm so happy with these guys. Um, and just, just the experience you have, like all the extra steps that I'm going through to make sure that even when you open the box, I mean, it's not an, it's not an Apple degree good where, you know, they have engineers who spend <laughs> years working on making the box take exactly seven seconds to open the first time that you, you open it. I just have like really nice <laughs> tissue paper and, you know, I got, uh, packing peanuts, but I bought, uh, starch packing peanuts. So these are by bi- like, they're biodegradable. They're non-toxic. They're water soluble. So anybody who's listening, when you get your box, it is going to be filled with packing peanuts to keep everything from moving around and getting damaged. Do not throw those in the garbage. They are water soluble. Fucking throw them in a, in a bowl and then toss them in your backyard or whatever it is. They're, they're non-toxic biodegradable. Please, I, I went the extra mile to make sure that there was no, you know, just creating garbage waste by putting styrofoam packing peanuts in there. So they're, they're, they're good. They're safe. Uh, fucking even, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I flushed them down the toilet. Again, they're biodegradable, non-toxic, but you know, if you could throw something out in nature that might breathe a little something into the ground or, you know, birds can chew on them or something. I don't know. I don't know, but don't, uh, don't worry. I did not, th- when you get them, they are not styrofoam they are not waste they're not petrochemical products okay um but i got those packed up nice and i was just doing them while watching movies so uh i'm very i'm very excited to get these boxes guys i cannot wait to i know the first few people that i drop them off to are are here local and i'll try to like record a little something of them opening it and, and unboxing or whatever it is um but i'm just so excited for you guys to get a chance to actually have these in your hands. I, I cannot wait to get them out to you. Um, I recorded another, uh, interview conversation with my buddy, Andy Hendrickson, which will be coming out on the 200th episode as well. A mishmash with a bunch of other ones. Super excited for that. Um, let's see. Okay. I won't, I won't go too much in the box. I'm just, I'm so excited. We're, we're so fucking close. I think we're like still another two weeks though, before we get that last item. Cause there was a delay on it. So it should be in time for the 200th episode, but my people who are getting it mailed to them or whatever, uh, fuck, it looks like it's going to be a photo finish. It'll probably land on the 200th episode or, or, you know, just behind it. I would imagine not, not longer than a week behind. So before 201 comes out, there should be uh, it should be in your hands. All my local people, you'll have it before that episode. Um, I guess it really depends on the speed of the, uh, postal service here in Canada or America. I do not have over any, any overseas, uh, orders. Tiesk, tiesk, everyone outside of North America. Um, however, I do have some new listeners. I have some new Australian listeners. I have some new, uh, UK and France listeners. I have some new Japanese listeners. So thanks for the downloads in those companies. Hats off to you. Uh, thank you to all the U uh, S states that are kind of like new listeners. I've got some Tennessee, lots of activity from Tennessee, uh, last month and some this month. Um, always big shout outs to my Texas listeners. Always big shout outs to my New York listeners. Uh, Pennsylvania, all those big spots. And of course my home and native land, Canada. Thank you for 
all the love. Uh, the West Coast sending some love out this uh, this month. Lots of lots of downloads in uh, BC and Alberta. So thank you very much. And uh, that's about it. That's about it. I got a, a, an email to read from Mark a little later on, and I hope I don't forget to, because I have a great memory for forgetting stuff. Oh, isn't it great? It's not even on my phone. It's on. The, I, I have to reload the one man podcast email onto my phone, because right now I'm just getting my personal comedy email on there. Let's pull this up so that we got it when I get to that end part, huh? There we go. Oh, and lots of lots of new YouTube love. I gotta say. Thank you, YouTube, uh, subscribers and stuff like that. The, uh, the last episode did really, really well on YouTube. So thank you to all that guys. It's all, it's all out there. It's all free to consume. All right. Um, here's what's going on with me. All right. So even the last episode that I'd record with my pal Izzy, which again, got tons of, of, uh, attention. People seem to like it. A lot of good feedback. Thanks guys for listening. Um, my, uh, I, I had done something. Okay. So I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast. I don't think I did. Cause Izzy and I were just talking about everything that episode, but I told her, I remember sitting at the table chatting with her. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was the previous week. Cause her and I recorded on Tuesday, I think on like Thursday or Friday, I think of the week previous to last week's episode. I, I was sitting at my desk here and I, and I started coughing just as I normally do. My room's dusty and I do a good job of self-isolating. I started coughing and I felt this deep pain in my chest with the cough deep in my left, left side of my chest. So right near where my heart and your fucking pancreas or liver, whatever it is, attaches to your heart near my lungs. Right. So it's like, it's deep in there. It's not like surface level. It felt deep pain. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Am I having a heart attack? Like what the fuck is going on? And it didn't hurt when I breathed in or anything. It only hurt when I coughed. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what the fuck is going on? Just worry. And then it kind of like, it just, it didn't hurt unless I coughed. So I was like, okay, I don't know that I, did I cough too hard yesterday or something? So I just kind of like left it alone. I wasn't having like shooting pains or anything like that. It was just this deep deep, but like specific pain when I coughed and I'm, I've mentioned it before, but for any new listeners, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac and not the kind who runs to the hospital. Every time anything happens, it's more of like, Oh shit, what the fuck is that? So I was worried. And then the next day it was still there. And I was kind of like, I'm going to give it a couple days and see if it goes away. And it's funny like the weekend came and I remember my roommate uh, decided to have a Super Bowl party on the Sunday. That would be the Sunday of the Super Bowl. And I stayed in my room, door locked, you know, whatever. Um, and I was just like, I, this sucks that I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if I've got like COVID or something. And this is just like a warning sign of it. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I would have got COVID from, but I mean, you're like, with, with super parties. Yeah. I, and I didn't fraternize and then go into my room and go down and say, what's up to like, I stayed away from this illegally large gathering at my house. And I just remember being like, I just remember the Super Bowl was like, that was, that, and that's crazy because if someone there had COVID and I've got some other lung issue or whatever cough issue, I'm like, I don't need to make it worse with COVID. So when Jason told me the day before, he's like, he's like, I'm having, he literally named two people like so-and-so and so-and-so are coming over for the Super Bowl. Just a heads up. We're going to hang out in the living room. I was like, I was like, well, whatever. Like, it's not like if I had said no, it would have made a difference, but I wasn't giving him permission so he could just feel okay about it. And then naturally he has like nine people over. I'm like, yeah, there you go. That's what it was. It's like, you were looking for me to like bless you with that. And then when a few extra people showed up, it was like, well, you said it was okay. Like, yeah, I didn't say have a house party, which is basically what it was. Um, anyways. I, uh, 
I remember being like, like still having this deep cough in my chest and it's still hurting my chest, not as bad, but I also stopped like deeply coughing. Like normally I'll, I'll pull in a lot of air and I'll cough deep to try to clear out whatever's bugging me. So I started having like, these shallower coughs or whatever. Cause when I coughed it, I hurt, it was like a deep pinch in my chest. Um, it's like, you know, when you, when you have, I don't know, I, there's people that's like, when you laugh, it hurts. I, I, I didn't think it was a broken rib, but somebody had suggested to me like, well, you might've cracked a rib or something like that. And I was like, oh, maybe I did, but I'm like, it doesn't hurt to breathe in. And when you crack a rib, apparently it hurts to any kind of breath anyways. So in my head, I'm doing what I always do, which is like, oh fuck, maybe you have <laughs> like, it's always worst case scenario. I'm like, maybe you have lung cancer. And like, this is the pain that you notice you cough and it fucking, it hurts or whatever. But then it's like, well, but why doesn't it hurt to inhale? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. You know what I mean? And then it was like, well, maybe it's a muscle. If it's just a muscle, it's no big deal. You take it easy, but how long does it take to fucking heal? And then it's like, well, maybe you coughed so hard. You pulled a muscle because you have lung cancer. <laughs> like it's always something horrible. So I told myself like a week out or a week afterwards, I'm like, you should start going to like, I told my buddy who's a paramedic and right away, he's like, dude, you might have COVID go to the hospital and get checked. And I was like, well, if I have COVID, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't I have the headache? Wouldn't I have a lot of the other stuff to go with? Like still smell and taste things, but he wasn't like, you might have cancer. He's like, you might have COVID go get checked. And I was like, yeah. And then when I spoke with Iz and told her what was going on, she's like, dude, go to the hospital and get checked. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what it is. And again, back in my head, I'm like, I don't, Hasn't been that long. So I, I, I try not to self, uh, diagnose on the internet because there's a saying that's like self self diagnosing on the internet is a choose your own adventure where all roads lead to cancer. So it's like everything you look at is going to like some, you'll find something that says, Oh, it's cancer symptoms or whatever. So I just, I read one, one thing that was, I was like, can you pull a, I think I Googled, can you pull a muscle from coughing? And Everything said, you know, if you pull a muscle in your chest, it can take weeks to heal, elevate yourself, try to put ice on it, whatever. Nothing said it could be sometimes it was like you could have an embolism, you could have a a clot or something like that. Anyways, um, I was just like, okay, but it said it, it said it could take weeks to heal, and I Googled that like a week out. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm probably just gonna try to take it easy. All right, I'm gonna try not to exert myself so much. Like it would hurt, it would hurt right in the middle of my pectoral, almost like right all like just inside the nipple area, like a, a straight lot vertical line down where the pain was deep in there. And I was like, well, that's a fucking weird place, but I don't know the whole muscle structure and everything like that. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to be, be good. It only hurts when I like, you know, like now there's things I'm doing right this second that, that I couldn't do there without pain. And no, we're not talking like a lot of pain. It was, it was like literally like, it only hurts when I cough, but why the fuck does it hurt when I cough? Like, <laughs> it's still there right now. It's just subsided quite a bit. We're at almost the two week fuck. Maybe no, I think we're at the two week mark, give or take a day or whatever. Right. Cause it would like this last Sunday. And then the Sunday before was a super bowl. I believe anyways, I don't think it's, it's definitely not three weeks, but I was like, okay, it's been long enough that like, you know, at the 10 day mark and no real change. Cause it was like, it was subsiding sometimes where it would get better. But I'm like, we're talking like, instead of like deep coughs, I'd be like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Trying to like, we feel the tickle in my chest and trying to, 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 you know, appease the cough without coughing deep. Cause that's where the pain would come from. 
So I was taking my, my puffer, which I never use, but I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm starting to hurt my lungs. I took that. I took, I was taking the CBD oil to try to like, you know, maybe, maybe kill the pain and, and relax a little bit too. Cause when you, when you're anxious and stuff, you get tightness in your chest and things like that. So not really helping the, the situation either. So whatever, long story short is just, I'm like, I'm day in, day out worried about this pain that's consistently in my chest, but, but nervous about like my whole thing. I've talked about this, uh, you know, at lengths in early episodes of the podcast is just, I didn't, I didn't want to go to the hospital and get told something terrible. I'm like, but here I am. I'm like, yeah, it hurts when I cough, but I'll just pretend it's a muscle that's pulled and not go to the hospital. Have someone be like, oh my God, we took an x-ray and there's this dark mass in the middle. Like, you know what I mean? Like all that horrible shit. So I'm just like, take it easy. Don't do anything, you know, super exorbitant, whatever. And I mean, the, the most of it, I was working nonstop on packing the boxes, but it wasn't super draining. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. You know, I'll just keep packing these boxes and working away on stuff here, which I did. And, um, and that was it. So why I, I was trying to take it easy. So basically what I did was I spent days watching documentaries and stuff while packing these boxes and working on shit. I, it sounds like crazy. You're like, how long does it take to pack 25 boxes? Um, not as long, you know, like, uh, uh not as, as little bit of time as you might think, considering that the way these things are and the presentational value of them, um, like it, it's funny in order to get tissue paper, like you could think you just grab a tissue paper and stuff it in the bottom box. It looks shitty when you do that. It looks like a nest. So what I, like what I had to do with a lot of them was like, and because I use all the branded colors or whatever, like I would have to measure the size of the box and then fold the paper. So it fits perfectly like a trench. And I was like, playing around with ideas of like, you know, if I put tape or glue on the back of the paper to keep in spots, when you open the box, it's all the colors. But then in order for the things to tuck in on the sides, like I can't glue it. Cause then it would tuck. Oh, wait a second. Maybe I could do it that way and just have it tuck in the inside of the paper versus anyways whatever. I, I still have other shit I want to do that, that there's, there's and that, then I just realized that won't work because of what I want to do on top of it. Anyways, point is, is that it just took a lot of like folding origami shit like that to make these papers fit in the box. And when you open it up and dig through the packing paints, it still looks amazing. Everything that's in there. I also ordered like, uh, because there's a bunch of small things that go in the box, um, like the USB drive and the, uh, what is it? USB drive and the deck of playing cards and the phone wallets. These are all small things. So rather than just throwing them loose in the packing peanuts and people may never find them or whatever, they're all in these little Ziploc bags together with, you know, some free goodies and shit like that. So just another nice thing. It's like all guys, it's all presentation. I packed all of that shit and organized it and whatever. So I'm very proud of these. We're only a few episodes left. I'm, I'm very, I'm sure those of you who are just like, yeah, I don't care about your stupid box. Um, it'll be over soon. Know that the amount of work that I've put into these in terms of presentation, like it is not like uh, I bought a bunch of shit through in a box. Here you go. Fuck off. Like I said, this, this is very important to me that everyone who gets one of these, the graphic design of the personalization labels that go inside your box, the amount of care of the folding and everything. So that when you open this up, it's not just like, Oh, Oh, it's a box full of shit. Like, and some people might not care, rip it open. Don't even look at it, but it's still going to be a really nice experience for anyone who gets them, whether they appreciate it or not. Um, and I wouldn't put my name or my podcast logo on something that, that I didn't feel, you know, looked good. I, I treat, you know, it's golden rule guys. It's really at the end of the day, all it is is treat other people the way I want to be treated. If I bought something, I would want it to come and look fucking fresh to death. Okay. So, um, 
I worked on, on that basically all week and some people just picked up a couple other things. So I have them in, in gift bags and shit. Anyways, whatever. I'm happy to do it. So I'm going to talk about some of the shit that I watched and then I will tell you, uh, I will give you some closure on this chest pain stuff. Okay. So we're going to go into movies for a little bit. Um, I teased and I didn't mean to tease, but I teased two movies that I watched last week. Uh, or last, you know, before the podcast was recorded, I was going to talk about Izzy and I talked about so much shit. I just, I think I just forgot to talk about it. In fact, during the podcast, I got a, a text on my watch from a buddy who's like, Hey, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching that movie that you, you said you just watched. I posted something on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram that was like, uh, you know, just watched Midsommar, you know, that movie's fucked. If you want to ruin your day, it's on Amazon prime or whatever I posted that. So, uh, and the other movie was the devil all the time. So those were two movies that I watched last week, still with the chest pain. And this was like when the chest pain was new, there was like some weird, like nausea that was with it, like very mild nausea. But like every time I have like a real bad pain, you know, cough, and then there'd be some residual pain. I might get this little bit of nausea, which was also some of the stuff that made the wheels in my head start spinning in weird directions. Um, I, uh, so I put on the devil all the time. It's a movie that's been on my list for a little while. It has, uh, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, uh, Bill Skarsgård, some other guy who's in a bunch of shit, uh, Robert Pattison, um, and, and a few, uh, female actresses. And I apologize. I don't know their names. The only reason I know Tom Holland is cause he's in everything now. And, uh, Sebastian Stan is the winter soldier. Uh, Tom Holland, if you don't know who he is, is the guy who plays Spider-Man now. So Tom Holland, big deal. He's in everything. Uh, Sebastian Stan plays Winter Soldier. He's also in a lot of things. Um, Bill Skarsgård has, is starting to be in more things. He is the guy who played Pennywise in the It movie. Uh, the It movies. Anyways, it has, a, it basically has a high profile. And Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. He was the, the vampire in Twilight. And he's been in a bunch of other shit since. He's proved that he can act. Um, but the devil all the time is on Netflix. That's where you can fans it. I should actually put, uh, next to all of these, just in case anyone wants to, to see where they are. Um, Netflix is where you can find the devil all the time. It's a Netflix original. It's a movie about, I don't think there's any super spoilers. I try not to, but you know what? Just pause it or fast forward. If, if you need, well, pausing won't do you much good. Fast forward. If you want to absolutely ensure you avoid spoilers, but I'm pretty conscientious as Pretty conscientious. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Conscientious. I had it right the first time. Conscientious of, I'm not even looking it up. You'd think that it makes it sound like I'm looking it up. I'm pretty conscientious of not ruining movies. I have a roommate, Simon, who's very, very into movies. And I'm always very careful never to ruin anything or spoil anything. The amount I, I've got other roommates who'll be like, Hey, did you watch that movie? And I'm like, no, not yet. And then Jason, you know, Kamara will be like, did you watch this movie? And I'm like, no, not yet. It's on my list. And Jason walking around. Isn't it crazy? That scene with the fucking, bl-? and they just spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And so the other day, Kamar was talking about Midsummer, but that was right before I watched it. I was watching the devil all the time. And he came in and he's like, did you watch Midsummer yet? And I'm like, no. And, he, and then he asked Simon, Simon was nearby and he goes, did you watch it? And Simon's like, yes. He's like, did you think that that, and I go like, no spoilers. And he's like, well, I don't think that that was a spoiler. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. I'm not telling you that you were spoiling it. I'm just telling you, I haven't seen it. Please don't discuss it or talk about anything that spoils the movie. Okay. Because like, especially if you're going to be like, did you think that the guy was, it's like, like clearly that's something very important to the plot and open for discussion. So anyways, whatever. Um, I'm just saying I'm pretty good at making sure I don't fuck movies up for people. Um, the devil all the time is got a lot of religious 
overtones. In fact, like everything with people's motivation seems to have something to do one way or the other with, with religion. So I, uh, I, I, it was interesting. There's a bunch of different little stories in it where, where, where there's some sort of like religious corruption of some kind, or where, you know, people aren't making the best of decisions due to religion. Uh, obviously I think that's implied in the title where it's like the devil's involved in this shit all the time. But, um, it was, it's, it has some moments that are like graphic. Um, fuck. Yeah, man. It's, it's all like, like basically all roads lead back to Tom Hardy's character in some, some way or another, not that he's the cause of it or anything. Just the idea that this kid's like attached to all of these stories in some facet, but it's like, fuck it's heavy. It's heavy. It's not, it's not like, it's not brutal, but it's heavy. It's worth the watch. Um, I enjoyed it. Would love to know your guys' thoughts. Um, I'm going to throw this out once now. And probably again, when I'm done talking about movies, contact at one man would like to know what you guys thought of, of any of the movies or, or documentaries that I discuss. Um, the other movie. So I watched, I watched the devil all the time and that was in like, you know, late afternoon, my chest still hurts from coughing and, and shit like that. I'm in pain. I'm getting these little bouts of nausea. Also, I'm watching heavy subject matter movie. So just like that, there's like a tension in my chest. And then I went on to watch Midsommar because Kamar had mentioned it earlier. I started doing something. Uh, I think I did that. I started working on something. Um, and then I was like, well, fuck it. I don't have anything else to do. I'll put that Midsommar movie on. And that is available on Amazon prime currently. And again, I'm, I'm referring all of the stuff I'm referring to uh, in Canada where I've got my hands on it. So, um, Midsommar is not a, an Amazon prime original, so I don't know, uh, where you can find that, you know, outside of, if it's not there, I apologize. It's, it's, a, it's a, it was a, it was a theatrical release. The devil all the time was not, but the, uh, Midsommar, at least not that I'm aware of, cause I don't think a, a, a single Netflix original was ever in theaters. So anywho, uh, Midsommar is a movie about some kids who go to this like Swedish, is it Swedish? I think it's Swedish, Sweden or whatever, uh, Norwegian, let's call it that. Or no, that's Norway, right? Scandinavian. That's the word I'm looking for. They go to one of these countries and they, uh, one of their friends from like university is like, yeah, you got to come see my village and where I'm from and all this shit. And these, uh, these kids are like, sure. Like, like, it's like, I'm, I, I grew up in a commune or whatever. And it's like, you get there and like, as soon as they arrive, right. Like they're going to be doing this thing through Europe or whatever. But as soon as they arrive, they're like, okay, well, we're going to visit this place first. And they get to like the, the commune and they like, they take drugs right away. Like the moment they get there to sort of start tripping out or whatever. And, uh, the movie gets kind of like, I mean, it's, it's, sort of weird from there. Um, things progress. They start to experience these really weird customs all with the same like drug overtone. Not that all the customs are drug, but just like, it's like they're on drugs all the time. So they're seeing all of these weird customs through like, you know, uh, inebriated eyes and, you know, <laughs> in, in intoxicated eyes and the shit that happens just starts getting weirder and weirder and weirder. The movies almost like the cinematography and everything like that is almost done in a way that makes you feel kind of high while you're watching it. Um, just in terms of like the stuff, everything's happening for the vast majority in, in daylight. It's like part of these parts of the year where it's like, there's almost daylight all the time. So it was interesting for like this horror, like sort of horror, scary thriller movie 
all of the things are happening kind of like in broad daylight. You know what I mean? It's not like you're running through the darkness. It's like very well lit and just, just fucking weird trippy shit that's going on. And it gets just kind of darker and darker and darker. And none of these are spoilers, but it's just this idea of like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, that just keeps escalating until finally you get to the end of the movie. Um, it is by the same, uh, I believe writer director for sure, but I believe it's by the same. He's also the writer. If I'm not mistaken, he did hereditary, um, which was a Netflix uh, original and then midsummer ended up in theater. So, uh, people were, were basically equating this guy to Jordan Peele. Who's the writer and director of get out and us. I believe it's us is what it's called. The second one. Um, and they're basically saying he's like, you know, like Jordan Peele, like where, you know, the guy wrote hereditary that was really good and well-received very high scores. And now he's done this, which is also fucked up, but it's, it's well done. It definitely makes you feel fucked up, but I'm watching this movie the same day as the devil all the time, which fucked up. And I'm having, you know, like pains in my chest and weird discomfort. And then the shit in the movie, some of the stuff that's happening is very on point with pains in the chest and breathing difficulties and stuff like i'm not going to ruin it but there's like a scene where uh, like yeah there's a scene where if i told you like you know having breathing difficulties and pains in your chest and then you're watching the scene feeling high feeling fucked up man it was it was a fucked up movie and my buddy chad who was watching it you know well well is i had watched it prior to me and izzy recording but just he's messy he's like dude this movie's so fucked up and i'm like right so I was like, I was going to, I said, if you get to the end of it before the end of the podcast, let me know. And he didn't, but I also never spoke about it. So Midsommar on Amazon prime, uh, devil all the time on Netflix. Uh, those were the ones I watched sort of back then. Then I went on to, I was, I was dinking around all the different streaming services. So I'm going to pound through, like I did watch, I think I watched, uh, the Friday, I watched the new episode of WandaVision. Nothing, nothing report was good. Whatever. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, I've been watching this series called the servant, uh, also, or sorry on Apple TV. So, uh, Disney plus is WandaVision. The servant is on Apple TV plus. That was a good, uh, it's an interesting series. I mean, it's M night Shyamalan. So I just assume that it'll have a good premise and it'll be interesting most of the way through. And then at the end, it'll be like a huge twist where like, I don't know, I'm trying to like just completely make something up. It's like the microwaves and the TVs are conspiring to kill all human life because they don't appreciate the content or something, something stupid like the, the, the happening. It's like the trees hate people and release pollen to make them kill. It's like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Anyways. So I'm poking around these different ones, right? So on crave, I think the only thing that I watched on crave, like I watched a few movies that I've seen before, so there's no point talking about them, but on crave TV, I watched, uh, some of Dr. Sleep. Uh, I've started to really hit up rotten tomatoes before I watch something just so I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. So Dr. Sleep got really good, um, really good reviews, um, and, and high scores. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Dr. Sleep. Sorry. I just was reflecting on, I, I started watching it and it was fucked up, I guess, because Dr. Sleep is, uh, effectively a sequel slash continuation of the shining. So you're dealing with the kid from the shining. Who's got this power and telepathy and shit like that. And I think he's working in an old folks home or, or some sort of hospice. 
And they call him Dr. Sleep because he gives the you know, old people peace before they die. And this is what I learned from like early on in the movie where he's like, I'm not a doctor to this guy. And he's like, yeah, you are a doctor. You're like Dr. Sleep, you know, help me sleep because you'd say these nice things that calm me down. And so, and then all of a sudden the next, you know, time you see him, it's a bit of a montage of him, like talking to people before they pass or whatever. So it's like, okay, that's where the Dr. Sleep thing comes in. But I, I stopped watching it because it seems like there's some sort of cult or whatever in the movie that you know, kills young kids and like, basically they stay young by sucking in their essence or whatever. Um, so the movie opens up this, I don't, it's, it's the first scene of a movie. It's not ruining anything, but the very first scene of the movie is like this little girl by the lake or whatever. And luckily it wasn't, um, Stephen King loves to kill kids. If I could just say that it's obviously a Stephen King story. There was a book first Lord knows what happens in the book. But the funny thing is that like in it, Right. When he kills Georgie, uh, also in Cujo, the little boy dies. He doesn't live like in the movie. So there's a lot of like Stephen King has always, I know that he was a parent when he wrote a lot of the the horror stuff. And he was always, he says he writes from the places that scare him. And so he was always afraid of something happening to his kids. Um, that was the whole basis of, of, I believe pet cemetery. They moved to this place where there was a highway right close to their house and animals were constantly getting, you know, hit by the, the highway traffic that was right there. It was like a, like a, you know, I don't know what they call it in, not an interstate, but you know, like a highway road or whatever that would just right, just like right at the edge of their, their thing. It was just these big semi trucks, whatever. So like animals were getting hit and killed there all the time. And there was like a cemetery off the side of the road that they would bury them in. And that was just sort of the, you know, like, Hey, if one of my kids got hit, like, you know, we just find the body and bury it in the, the cemetery, the pet cemetery on the blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's like the shit from there. And then the ideas come and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes dad's better. Um, but, uh, anyways, I, I, he has been the guy who's like, you know, his fears of, of things happening to his kids and stuff like that. So he's like, he's always killed kids in the books, I guess, to like, bring, you know, you know, the, the weight and the show, the, the, the severity of the, the, the creature or, you know, things that are happening. It's like, Oh, the fuck this thing's so bad. Like, yeah, it's killing without, you know, discrimination or whatever. Like that was the whole thing with Pennywise, right? The clown is everyone's like, Oh, he kills kids. It's like, well, he doesn't kill kids. He kills everybody in the books. He kills anybody. He doesn't give a fuck. It's just that in order for, in order for him to, to kill something and consume it, because that was effectively what he represented was consumption. Um, he would, uh, he would have to quote unquote, salt the meat by scaring it first, right? He couldn't eat you if you weren't scared or, or, or preferred not to eat you if you weren't scared. But, and, and the whole reason he went for kids was kids are easier to scare. That's it. It's just easier to, to scare kids than it is adults. Right. And the clown suit was just like the clown persona or, or, avatar that he would use was just because it made him more approachable to, to children, right? Kids see a clown and, Oh, I'm going to go hang out with the clown where, and then when, you know, when you get close to him, he would turn into what scared you and then ultimately consume you anyways. Um, but, but killing kids has been a Stephen King thing. So anyways, in this book, you know, in the movie, Dr. Sleep, the opening scene is, you know, a little girl, I guess at a cottage or something with her parents and she's wandering around by the water and finds this woman just sort of sitting on a tree stump or whatever. 
and she starts talking to her and she's like, yeah, it's, you know, blah, 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 a little, oh, this, you want to see a magic trick and this and that. And then the little girl looks over and sees like some stranger standing by a tree and she's like, it's okay. He's just my friend. No worries. You know, and then starts talking to her more and kind of like luring her, you know, they're standing face to face. It's not like, you know, she's luring her closer, but it's just, she's talking, oh, this, this. looks over. And now there's like three people standing by the tree. She's like, don't look at them. Look into my hat. Da, 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 da. And then it's just like, you know, they all rush the little girl, you know, and that's the end of the scene. It's not like, you know. The first it where where Tim Curry grabs Georgie by the arm and then they just he just screams and that's the end of the scene. Whereas like in the fucking new one, holy shit, did they ever go graphic, right? You actually see the poor little bastard's arm get taken and bitten off and then, you know, kids screaming in pain and getting dragged into a sewer. Oh that was like that was an intense scene, but again, it it let you know that the stakes were high on this fucking this clown. Like it's it's killing kids, it's a real threat. Um, so anyways, and, and then here's the thing they fucked up in the movie, like the, the second it movie by adding a bunch of extra scenes that weren't necessary scenes where Pennywise was luring children and this and that, because like that, obviously that scene resonated big time in the first one. And it, it added a lot of tension and fear. It's like, well, that was just that from an author's standpoint, it drove a lot of the story. So, you know, that this thing doesn't, doesn't care. It's not a fucking twilight book where it's like, oh, you wouldn't hurt the cute things. It's like, no, it'll, it'll kill you no matter what. It doesn't give a fuck. Um, so that was, that was that, but then they just, like I said, they just took it too far anyways. So luckily the scene in Dr. Sleep was not, you're going to watch a kid get viciously murdered. At least that's what I thought. So the first scene, I'm like, okay, they'll just, they fade to black when the kid get rushed, get, get rushed. I turned into a bit of a French Canadian there. I can't put my, my S my Hesses where they belong. I put them somewhere. They don't. Um, I, uh, yeah, the, I just thought the kid gets rushed, fades to black. You know what happened. Um, and then later in the movie, Jesus Christ, uh, it just shows this called find another kid. And this scene is graphic and like, fuck sakes. Yeah. It brutal, brutal, brutal. I had to turn it off because like I said, I'm still experiencing chest pains and stuff like that. Little bits of nausea. I'm like, I think I have cancer in my days are numbered, like watching this thing. And I'm like, I can't, I, I cannot watch a child get torture murdered. So it, it went, especially not when I have pains in my chest. I know it's just a movie and it's fake, but I'm just like a kid begging for his life while being stabbed to death in a, and not like, like a stab and you're dead, but like the scene, and I'm sorry to spoil, but if you're not, you know, just maybe this is, would be a reason for you to never watch it or whatever. But the idea is, like I said, this cult sort of sucks out your youth. And so the kid screaming in agony is like, they, they, I guess they call it breath or something like that. Like, that's what they're calling this essence, but effectively that's all it looks like. It looks like the heat that would come out of your body, you know, if you're breathing in the cold, but it's like, yeah, they, they, they basically torture in order to, to make the kids scream in pain and begging and all of that forces out this breath youth stuff. I'm just like, I, I can't handle that, man. It's uh, hey, kid did a great job. Great actor. In fact, he was the kid that was in, uh, he was in good boys. He was one of the main characters, but he also was the kid in that movie room. He was the kid in that movie. Uh, the one, I don't remember what the fuck is called, but he, he wears like a helmet all the time. And he's like a little disfigured boy. Wonder wonders the name of the movie, um, which I haven't seen, but yeah, he's, he's the kid in wonder. He's very acclaimed little, little actor kid, but it didn't have long in this one. Let me tell you. 
but it was just, yeah, it was just brutal overall. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't watch a kid get fucking tortured. That's, uh, that's, that's too much for me, too much for me. So started watching Dr. Sleep. It seemed interesting. There was a lots of like, I I'm, I'm sure it's well done. It got a good score. So I'll try to finish it, but I, I couldn't do that with pains in my chest and shit like that. It was enough, enough pain and tension already. I couldn't, couldn't suffer through child murder. Sorry. Sorry guys. Um, I'll get back to it though. I watched a movie. Uh, I watched a couple world war two style movies. I watched uh Greyhound on Apple TV plus it's a movie with, um, Tom Hanks. He plays like a, like a, like a battleship, uh, commander or whatever. And it's basically, he's, it's like over the course of a few days, he is escorting like merchant ships, you know, through the ocean and they get attacked frequently by U-boats or whatever. It's just honestly like, it's like a saving private Ryan on the water. So just what, like, a, you know, like what's, what certain naval battles would have looked like in certain ways. Um, just a good, just a good movie. Um, well done. I believe it was directed. It was either written or directed by Tom Hanks, but it was, it was, let's put it this way. It was a great, for me, a great, put it on in the background while you're doing other shit movie. Um, because there were like points that were just kind of like, meh. and, but it, it also doesn't feel like it feels like it gets going right away. It doesn't feel like you're watching 40 minutes of just sailing and talking and, you know, well, I'll tell you a story about me, you know, my wife, I missed her a lot. And we would write that. Like, it's not like nothing boring like that. <laughs> like, I know there's a lot of these movies where it's like, you know, building narratives and characters, but I'm like, I'm doing other shit. So I I'm here for the fucking intense scenes and of battle. That's another thing that'll slow down by the way. Packing boxes is just stopping to watch a 20 minute fucking, you know, uh, torpedo scene where they're doing evasive actions and turning the boats. But if you like war movies, it was very, very well done. Um, I watched fury has been on my, um, my Netflix list for a long time. So Greyhound was Apple TV plus I watched fury. That's the one with Brad Pitt, uh, John Bernthal, uh, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, uh, Michael Pena was also in that. And I think that's everyone that I can think of whose names I know. Um, but, but again, a decent, decent movie. It's a few years old now, but it's about basically like a, a group of guys who, you know, rock a tank in world war two. And there was some good scenes, some fucked up scenes, some things I didn't quite get, but overall just good world war two movie. That was on Netflix. I watched, uh, Lucy, which was on Netflix. And in fact, it's, it's, uh, in Canada, it says it's, it's only available to watch until March 1st. So, you know, you guys have a couple of weeks to check that one out, but I, I had it on my list for a while. Scarlett Johansson, swing, bang, frrr, whatever you want to call it. She's a super smoke show. So sexy Scarlett Johansson. Um, but she plays just like a, your average John wick killer, whatever. And very loose plot in that one. Uh, Morgan Freeman, everyone's like, Oh, it's a good movie. It was fine. It was fine for like action and goofy shit, but in terms of like plot or anything, I didn't, no, didn't love it. Whatever. I saw it. Um, but it's there. If you like, you know, John wick style action and Scarlett Johansson, um, it was, it was okay. It was fine. Again, a good, if you're looking for something to throw on and like there's movies where sometimes you just don't want to think I've, I've, I know parasites, a great movie. I haven't been in the mood to just watch something where I'm reading subtitles all the time. It's available to me. It's on crave. I'm going to watch it. Uh, just haven't yet. Um, okay. I watched captain Phillips. Now here's something I'd really like to know. And I'm going to ask you guys to please, as always, please, 
send me an email because there was something about Captain Phillips that I didn't quite understand that I'm okay with not really understanding it. And maybe it's, maybe I've understood it, like what I understand of it. Maybe I do understand it properly and it just doesn't somehow, I just don't get why it merited such a response. But Captain Phillips is about, you know, it's a, uh, apparently, you know, a true story or whatever of a, of a guy who was sailing a merchant ship through, you know, the waters around Africa and Somalian pirates, you know, boarded the ship and tried to hijack it and end up stolen, stealing this captain, you know, and uh, they stole the captain, ended up stealing the captain. And, uh, you know, and then the, the stuff that ensues with that. And it was a very interesting movie. It was very exciting and entertaining. Um, but this, I got to ask at, at one point, you know, I won't say exactly what's going on at the time, so it's not really a spoiler, but everyone knows the whole movie is about getting hijacked by Somalian pirates. But at one point they're like, we can't let Captain, we can't let them get Captain Phillips back to Somalia. And I never, I didn't understand why, like part of me is like, well, why? So that they don't have like a, a, a hostage to negotiate with, you know what I mean? Like, does it, ra- I didn't get why, and they pull out like all the stops, they get the Navy, they get the, you know, uh, a SEAL team to come in. And I'm like, this guy's like the head of a merchant boat. You know what I mean? Like, why is he so important that they can't be like, well, we don't negotiate with terrorists or whatever, or like, you know, if they get him back to land, we can just get him back from land. Like, why is it that, you know, once they get him to land, it's going to be a lot harder to find him or what? Like, I just don't get why this one guy merited such a response. Cause I don't feel like, like you get a seal team when Somalian pirates, I feel like, okay, we, we track it and we have, you know, squad car waiting when they get to land. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to track them. It's easy to track shit. We're going to track this boat. We're going to fly one helicopter over where they get, where they're going. We're going to fucking, uh, you know, take them back. That's it. We'll neutralize all the threats and we'll take them back. So I don't get why there was this big hole. Like we, he can't, we cannot allow him to reach this and that. What is he like? You know, I may have missed the one little linchpin that made sense, but they never really addressed it or anything like that, that I saw. Why is this guy so important that they can, you know, was he a former fucking intelligence guy? Like they weren't looking for intelligence. They were just looking for money. It just seemed like your standard kidnapping ransom. So like, what the fuck? Why was it like, he cannot make it to somebody. We have to get him back before they. So if you know, and, and do me a favor, it's not so that, you know, like I saw people text me like, oh, it was this and that. Great. The email would be ideal, please, because then if someone else is like me and they saw this movie, they're like, hey, I always wonder, because I Googled it afterwards. Why couldn't Captain Phillips get back? To, why was it imperative for him? You got to watch your wording, because if someone else didn't use that same wording, you're not going to find anything. But I was just like, why couldn't Captain Phillips be allowed to make it back to Somalia? And everything was like, Captain Phillips, the true story of, oh, oh wasn't such a hero. and blah, Like, it was everything else. Reworded it several times. Nothing answered that, that question. I was like, why, why couldn't they let Captain Phillips? Why was Captain Phillips so important? Why did Captain Phillips merit a, a response from seals and like no answer saying that shit. It was just page after page of the people who were his crew bitching and saying he was no hero. They asked him not to go that close. And he insisted on going that close to the, the African horn, I believe is what they called it. And it was just like, like everyone said, we don't want to do this. Don't do it. And he was like, fuck you and did it anyways and put everyone's life at risk. So they're like, he's no hero is basically what, what all the people who were there said, um, just for what it's worth. But Captain Phillips was on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, if you want to watch it, it's a good, it is a good watch. There's just that aspect of like, and not like, why did the, I'm not asking why did the pirates take him? I understand why they took him. I don't understand why, why, why. 
basically I'm like, why was it so important to not allow him back to Somalia? And why did it merit such a res- Like, obviously the response was associated with, we, we can't let him get to Somalia. Why? That's all I want to know. Why was it so important to keep him from getting to Somalia? Like, you know, in a spy movie, it's like, we can't let them get their hands on him and bring it back to, but it's like, yeah, cause it's information and all that shit. Well, what was the fucking thing with captain numbnuts here? Anyways, captain Phillips on Netflix. Uh, I also watched, I watched lots of stuff. You guys day after day waiting for my fucking chest to feel better, which it, which it wasn't, you know, it was slightly, slightly better. I watched uh, a movie called crawl on Amazon prime. It was a great on in the background movie. Um, it's basically just a movie that has a girl and her father trapped in this like flooded town because of, you know, hurricanes or whatever. And, uh, and then there's crocodiles or sorry, I apologize. Alligators, giant crocodile sized alligators, uh, in the water. So it's like the water's rising in this town and everywhere you try to go, start off in the basement, then you're on the upper floor and then this and that, the water's rising, the crocs are getting in and out. Cops come to help. They get eaten. Like you think, oh, spoilers. It's everybody's getting everyone, but the main characters are going to get eaten by fucking croc or alligators in this movie. Um, it's, it's a fun little watch. It's not, um, as hokey as you would think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun movie. Like I, it was one that was, I was like, Oh, I should go see that in the theater. It has Barry Pepper in it. Who speaking of world war two movies, um, played the sniper in saving private Ryan. I like that guy. He's played some cool shit in some movies. Um, so I like that. I like that. Um, I enjoyed crawl just, just, it's just a scary jump scare. I, I watched a lot of stuff that was bad for my chest this week. Jump scares like, Oh fuck. Just, ah! Like I remember screaming out loud at one point. I felt that one in the chest, but, um, yeah, that was a creepy one. Did I watch anything else? Like fucking super fucked up. I feel like I did fucking super fucked up I'm trying to, trying to watch the swearing guys. Clearly not in that sentence, but, um, yeah, it was weird. I watched, um, what else did I watch? I watched a nice heart warmer. Um, yeah. Okay. I got two docs. I'll talk about them shortly. This one was on Netflix. So I'll, I'll, I'll allude to them. All right. Just to maybe keep you here. I watched, uh, this was on super channel. I don't even know how that works. I think it's called super channel. Um, I watched that Cecil hotel documentary about Elisa lamb. I watched that the biggest documentary in fucking Canada right now or whatever streaming in Canada. I think that's bullshit. Um, but I watched that. I'll talk about it in a bit. And I watched uh super size me too. I saw the first one. It's uh it's super size me number two, not uh, super size me too. Um, as in the movement, no, <laughs> just in, just in case super size me too. Um, yeah. And that one was on super channel. I, I was trying to find it. It was like on none of the streaming services that I subscribed to, which is several. Um, I ended up having to find it on, uh, I just, I subscribed to a seven day free trial of, of, uh, super channel and, uh, I'll end up getting it there. Um, so I watched it. Yeah. Let's talk about Palmer Palmer P A L M E R Palmer is a movie starring Justin Timberlake. And that is on Apple TV plus. It's an Apple TV plus exclusive that one. I, I don't know if a lot of you guys know this little, little side note pro tip is uh Apple TV plus is like a free service. You get like, if you buy anything from Apple, like AirPods or anything like that, and you like register it, 
you know what I mean? Like with your Apple ID and everything, I think like Apple has it still where you get a free year of Apple TV plus when you buy any Apple products, you buy an iPad, you buy an iPhone, you buy a fucking computer, you buy AirPods, anything like that. You get a free year of Apple TV plus, and it's a great streaming service. There's a lot of cool shit on there. Uh, a lot of, you know, real life documentaries, shows, things like that. Um, so fucking do it. If you own any Apple products, make sure they're registered. Or I think you can like anything else, get like a 30 day free subscription. But anyone who's like that, that Tom Hanks, uh, movie Greyhound where they're on the, the ocean there. Uh, that was a good one. I'm watching the servant on Apple TV plus, uh, Palmer was a really good movie. There's some other ones on there that I want to watch, but there, some of them are just more like, I want to actually sit and watch this movie. I'm sure there's a lot to it, but uh, Palmer, I sort of just sat and watched Palmer's a movie about Justin Timberlake. He plays a, an ex convict, who moves back in with his grandmother in the South, uh, after, after he gets out and there's a woman who lives in a trailer on their property that like Justin Timberlake hooks up with and she has a son and her son is, uh, effeminate. Um, he's, you know, outside of the norm, definitely doesn't subscribe to gender norms where the kid, you know, he likes to wear, uh, I don't want to say dresses. I don't think he ever wears a dress, but he wears like big red cowboy boots in his shorts and, you know, likes to play with dolls and watches like a fairy show every day with print fairy princesses and things like that. Like he's very effeminate. He's not trans. That's the thing in the whole movie is like, they don't, they don't ever treat him like he's trans. He's just clearly a boy who likes girl stuff. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, and that's kind of the way it is, but of course it's the South and he's next con and it's kind of like, you know, who is this fucking kid, you know? And, and then of course a string of situations happen where now he becomes, I don't want to say becomes the guardian, but he's basically, you know, the short, short synopsis, uh, comes back. He's just trying to find work cause he's an ex con and he's having a tough go of things because of his, you know, past and everything. And the mother's a fucking crack whore. So she just fucks off for a little while. It's like, Oh, she's, you know, we'll watch the kid until she comes back. It's like one of those women will just disappear for a while. And, you know, so it's him, his grandmother and the kid. And then the grandmother passes away. And then now it's just him and this kid, right? Like he tried to drop him off uh, early in the movie, tries to drop him off at the police station and realizes like, and they're like, sorry, well, if he's got nobody to look out for him, a kid's going to go into the system. And he's like, and I think it's part of the whole, well, he just came from the system and he realized how much the system fucks you up. And he's not a, he's not a bad dude. It, you know, he's not a murderer, but it was like, you know, he just realizes how much the system can fuck someone up. So he's like, you know, has that moment where he drops the kid off there, starts walking out and then, you know, has a change of heart when he gets to this truck. But, and then it goes from there. Like the, the, you know, the, 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 the kids learning, except the kids got like very little shame about who he is, which is great. Why should you? Right. And it's like, it's just one of, it's a good heartwarming movie. It's almost like, you know, uh, a rain man kind of situation where it's like, you know, you got stuck with this person, but you know, as time goes on, you really learn to value them and, and love them. Oh, what a great movie. It's called Palmer P A L M E R starring Justin Timberlake and a bunch of other people whose names I don't know. Um, but a good movie, good movie on Apple TV plus. All right. All right. Okay. Um, what else we got here? Where are we? We're getting close to the hour mark here, guys. And I still got a couple, couple movies left. Okay. Um, let's hit this one. I, I wrote down brain games. Brain games is a show on Nat Geo. So Disney plus, uh, just some really cool, how your brain works and you know, different, uh, it's funny. 
like, it'll show you patterns on the screen and tell you like, yeah, I bet you're seeing this. I bet you're seeing that. Oh, did you know that you're, you're like one of those ones where like, you know, there's blind spots or something like you're looking at patterns move and then you stare in the middle of the screen and you can see like, you know, a green circle moving around where there's nothing before. And now it's like telling you what's going on with your brain and why it's doing this and all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. So, um, uh, great show. I probably watched four or five episodes as I was trying to go to sleep one night. Um, brain games on Nat Geo plus. All right. Down to the two documentaries. So one, the Cecil hotel documentary. I don't know what it's called, but it's on Netflix. It's probably called mystery at the Cecil or some bullshit like that. It's a story about Elisa lamb. Uh, she's a Asian girl from Vancouver, I believe from BC for sure. If not Vancouver or Victoria, Anyways, she uh, goes down to the States on a little trip. I think she's early 20s, goes to this place called the Cecil Hotel, which way back in the day was like the biggest hotel and the place to be. And then Los Angeles degenerated, and now it's a hotel in the middle of Skid Row. And the the thing that they do, it's four episodes long. And the thing that they do with this documentary is the very beginning, they hook you by being like, a lot of fucking mysterious things have happened here that are completely inexplicable and no one understands. It's almost like this place is haunted with all the misery and the things that, and they really build it up. Like there's this supernatural thing about this hotel and it ends up being about a girl who, you know, uh, was there. There's this elevator scene where it's like the last known footage of her with an elevator and they're showing you how, how erratic she's acting. And it's like, it's almost like she was possessed or, you know, like it's like the hotel wanted her dead or whatever. And the idea is that like, you, whatever your knee jerk reaction to like what they show you and tell you is, is right. So right at the very beginning, when they start showing you stuff, you're like, oh, well, it looks like this based on everything you said. And it, and it is. And then it ends up being exactly that. So I won't spoil it for you in regards to like what they say and whatever, but that, but the whole documentary, they start going into like the history of Skid Row. I will say this much. They never get back to anything supernatural, right? They 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 pitch it like it's a supernatural thing. And the thing that sucks is that it's like, well, actually, and then you're like, you're listening to this, this historian about Skid Row and what Skid Row is about. And Skid Row is a bad neighborhood because it's like where they basically dumped all the homeless and all the homeless shelters and programs and this and that are all in Skid Row. So you've got this whole area where shitloads of poverty, this place had 700 rooms. So they had like residential tenants, people who could spend the night for like two, three dollars. So they're like, it's all ex cons, sometimes homeless who found a little bit of money. So the idea is this hotel just became basically like a giant cesspool of, of people who could just afford to be there. So it wasn't like, like, oh, the, all the things, all the deaths that have happened here. It's like, because they let in murderers and this, there was one guy who was like, you know, I think he was, I think they just did a documentary about him, the night crawler or whatever. I haven't watched that, but there's like a series called night crawler or whatever now, or night night something or whatever. It's about a killer. It's like, well, that guy stayed at the Cecil hotel when they, when they got him and they're like, well, that's going to tell you about how evil this place is where, you know, it's like, like a killer could go out and do those things and then like come back and feel safe at this place. It's like, it was just a place that people, it was so fucking cheap that people could afford there. So you're going to get, you're going to attract the worst kind of people to this place. That's why it's fucking history was so shitty. It was just filled with people on drugs, prostitutes, murderers, criminals. Like it's not, it's not paranoia activity or, or paranoid paranormal activity. It's just fucking up. That's where all the scumbags. So yeah, there's gonna be more murder and deaths and, and overdoses and shit like that. It's not haunted. It's like saying prisons are haunted when it's like, yeah, it's just the, the shit that happens there. But like I said, they sell it to you. Oh, it's gonna be a great documentary about these fucking killers and the supernatural hotel. They, they bring a bunch of shit in there, you know, 
public opinion theories and this and that. And it just ends up being that like, yeah, uh, a woman who they're, they're telling you is like bipolar or whatever, and was on medication. It just seems like, you know, kind of had a bipolar episode and, and offed herself in an odd way, but it's, it doesn't, it seems like, let's put it this way. At the very beginning, it seems open and shut. And you're thinking, oh, it's going to be like making a murderer where they're going to show you all this evidence that really makes you wonder like, wow, what really, like, it seems pretty fucking obvious what happens. And then at the end, they're like, well, and that's what happened. It's like, oh, well, that was a waste of four hours. Again, just boxing away, doing my shit. It's on in the background, but it was, it was just bad. So if you end up with somebody who says, oh my God, did you watch? Like, it's so, it's not. And, uh, and I chatted with a friend this morning and she was like, did you watch that? And I'm like, garbage. She's like, it was such garbage. Wasn't it? I'm like, yeah, I go, you're the only person I've talked to that was like, it's not amazing. So anyways, I watched that watch it. If you want, it's, um, I'm not giving it a great review and, and nor, nor should I, we both, my friend and I that chatted today, we both agreed that it could have been summed up in about, uh, like this podcast sometimes, uh, could have been summed up in about an hour maybe an hour and a half documentary and, and you would have had everything you needed to know about it, but they just stretched it out needlessly. Um, finally, supersize me too. If you saw the first supersize me, it's a documentary by Morgan Spurlock where he basically eats McDonald's for 30 days straight just, and then talks about the fast food industry as a whole and, and what they do and the money they spend and blah, 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 blah. Well, supersize me too. Uh, Morgan Spurlock's, uh, goal in this one is like, what if I created a fast food restaurant that was totally transparent? Right. And then they start to, to, you know, and then this documentary goes into like the wording that, um, fast food places use and the marketing techniques that they use and the whole color scheme and having words written in certain fonts and what it instills in you as a person. And then what does it take to call a sandwich, you know, hormone free and this and that and blah, 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 blah. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a good doc. Morgan Spurlock does good documentaries. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. I, I won't tell you any more than that, but it was, it was really good. And at the end he opens like, and this says it right at the very beginning, but you know, he opens a fast food restaurant that's completely transparent about telling you about everything that they do and everything that they use and whatever. And it's, uh, it's, it's entertaining. Definitely entertaining. I watched that with Simon. All right. That's it for the movies guys. All right. So, Hmm. Water for the throat there. Um, all right. Um, I did, uh, I, I, so, okay. So as I'm watching all of these documentaries and all the shit that I've been talking about, and I apologize that there's not a, a ton to talk about this episode because of the fact that I was sort of just taking it easy, trying not to cough, not get myself in trouble. Well, uh, yesterday, Monday, family day, um, uh, for anyone who's you know another country, uh, Family Day is a holiday here. I don't know if it's national or just provincial, but Family Day is like a you know a day off where shit's closed. So that was Family Day, the fifteenth. And uh, oh, and Happy Valentine's Day to all the couples, guys. If you're a couple out there and you know you're celebrating love and everything, Happy Valentine's Day to you. Hope it was great to all my single people. Uh, I want to coin it Onesie Day. If you're all by yourself on Valentine's Day, fuck it, that's Onesie Day. Just being all by yourself, single, you know, relationship wise. Hey, we're onesies, right? I was single on Valentine's day. Happy onesie day to you guys. From this day forward, February 14th will always be seen as onesie day for the singles and Valentine's day for the couples. Um, uh, I went with Simon. Simon was looking for a bottle of Lagavulin 16, great Isla scotch. And the only place they had it was at the, uh, the Quebec, uh, liquor store, which is just over the, the, the river there. 
Um, so I took him to get some lag of one sixteen. I actually got my hands on a bottle of Ardbeg 10, uh, one on one for a while. It was readily available. And then when COVID hit, you couldn't find the shit. So they had some bottles of Ardbeg 10 over there. And, um, I picked one of those up. And then Simon and I went to grab a sandwich at a place that we frequented, uh, you know, beginning of the pandemic, uh, crazy for you. Andrew is not there anymore, but he's still the owner. I just don't get to see him. And and I got to say, I had the sandwich yesterday, uh, way better when Andrew was making it. It is not the same. Uh, I was disappointed to say the least in the sandwich saddening, but, um, Simon was telling me, like, I remember I, when we were driving around and we only went to like one location, we're sitting in the cars, like no big deal. I've, I've drove before to pick up the stuff from, um, what stuff, Josh, what the fuck are you talking about? The stuff from Daquin for the box. So I've done that already and no big deal. But yesterday, like driving there or whatever, and I was starting to feel better. Like the, the night before, believe it or not, Sunday night, I was actually kind of feeling good. And I'm like, all right, I, I was kind of telling myself like, on Saturday, I'm like, you know, maybe I'll go to the hospital on S- Sunday just to make sure that there's nothing serious. I chatted with a couple of friends and we're letting them know what was going on. And they're just like, well, dude, even if it is something bad, like y- you're not going, isn't going to change it. And it's not like, I don't know that it's just, my argument has always been like, well, if there's something wrong and I don't know about it, I'm, I, c- I can have a little bit of bliss in the ignorance of it. Just like, oh yeah, maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And I can kind of go on with my life a little bit, but you know, it's just like, you know, cause the second you say, oh, it's this and you have six months to live or whatever. It's like, oh, well. That's changes my demeanor. Anywho, um, Simon and I drove and like, when we got to the the sandwich place, which is literally our second stop and last stop, I just started to feel like, I, I don't know, like a little nauseous and a little weak and pain in that left spot, like in my chest. And I was like, fuck, you know, then it was like, well, is there like a blockage? Is that maybe where the pain is coming from? Or, you know, it doesn't really hurt when I breathe in, but if it is a heart muscle thing, like, you know, am I okay? And I was just kind of taking it easy, letting things go, you know, Simon, he's like, do you want to like Simon basically said, dude, if you want to go to the hospital, I'll go with you. He told me this like the day before when I was telling him I was going through, he's like, dude, if you want to go to the hospital, I'll go to the hospital with you. I'll sit with you. And I was like, I don't know if they allow that. Someone I was talking to is like, they don't allow it. Well, they do. They do allow it. I will say that because I'm like, okay, well, let's get your food. If we're going to be stuck at the hospital for five hours, let's get your food. Let's get some food into you. And then we'll go. So I, we, we got the food. I'm having these weird sort of like just pains, new, like fatigue, sort of not shooting pains, but not just like ache or dull pain. It was just, it was weird. I didn't feel well. I felt a little nauseous and I've, I've heard tell of other people who had heart attacks saying like they didn't get the numbness. They didn't get the pains in the chest. They didn't get the pains in the jaw. They just felt a little sick to their stomach. So I was like, all right, um, let's, you know, Simon, let's get you fed. And then let's, let's walk over to the hospital. I live two blocks from a hospital. So, um, yeah, we, we, went to the hospital. Uh, we sat there, you know, walked in. Um, I just told them I've, I've not been, you know, I have some pain in my chest. It's been there for, you know, 10 plus days. Um, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. You know, like I said, Sunday night, I went to bed and, and things were like calm. I didn't feel as bad if I coughed, the pain wasn't as deep. So it felt like it was getting better. And then, you know, Monday morning, I woke up and I had a bit of a coughing fit in the morning and I just felt like I set myself right kind of back to near the beginning. And then I started to have that sort of sickness, queasiness, whatever. And, uh, I was like, okay, uh, we'll go to the hospital. So we get to the hospital. Uh, we grabbed, we each grabbed the book just in case they separated us or we just needed something different. 
And, um, cause I was just like, it'd just be nice to have somebody there instead of me sitting there going crazy neurotic with my own head. So, um, Simon, uh, he was, he was pretty cool. He just sort of sat there with me and, um, that didn't take long for them to get me in. I was just like, yeah, pain in my chest. Uh, don't know where it came from. You know, I'm talking, the nurses were really cool. Cause they were like, you know, they got it. I said, you know, I, I do stand up and I'm like, all I can, I'm so neurotic. I, all I can think is like, you know, if I dismiss this pain as nothing, it'll end up being, you know, worse. So I'm just worst case. And then you guys can just laugh at me, call me a fucking pussy and tell me to get out of here. But I'm like, I think I pulled a muscle and it's just taking a long time to heal, but I want to be sure it's not a fucking blood clot, cancer, heart attack, blockage, whatever the fuck it is. So they got me into the urgent care pretty quick. Uh, I would say probably half an hour and I was in there. They, they did a, not a, I don't think it was an EKG, but it was definitely a heart, a heart thing, nothing invasive. They just put all the little stickers on me and, uh, and did a quick test. And the woman's like, it's always like the, I said, so how does it look? She's like, there's nothing concerning right now. She was, there's nothing, there's no, nothing showing any immediate concerns, but I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what I, what I see. So, you know, just go head on back to the urgent care. So I sat at the urgent care area for a while. They moved me into a room where I, where I finally spoke to a doctor like this was maybe at the two and a two hour mark when they moved me into this room, maybe two and a half hour mark. I'm talking to the doctor. So she comes in and she's like, so what's going on with you? You got a pain in chest? I'm like, yeah. And she was really cool in the sense that like, she, I don't want to say she was overly friendly, but she definitely like no bullshit and kind of like got that I was like self-aware. So she's like, so she's just like, so what's, what's going on? Like you got a, you get a pain in your chest. I was like, yeah, I go, I think I just pulled a muscle coughing, but it's not going away. It's been like 10 days or whatever. And then she's like, so she's like, so why did, why did, what, so what, why'd you decide to come in today? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's been like 10 days. She's like, no, like, 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 why not? Why not uh, yesterday? Why not tomorrow? Why today? I go, I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. My horoscope told me, I don't know. It's just, it's been a while. And she like laughed and I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I just, it just, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm a bitch and my friend was willing to, to come sit with me today. So like I go, I had a little bit of like a weird nausea with it today, but she's like, well, there's a lot of stuff in that area. Like this and that. She goes, don't worry. You're not dying. You don't have cancer. Like I wasn't saying all those things to her. She's like, don't worry. You don't know. You're not dying. You're not having a heart attack. You don't have cancer. And she's like, are you always nervous? And I'm like, yes, like not scared, but I'm always like anxious, nervous. I go, yeah, definitely. She's like, are you any more so because you're not? Yes. Yes. Because I'm in the hospital. I'm like, you're the grim reaper. You can give me the worst news today. And she's just kind of like, she was like straightforward. And then she started asking me some questions and I'm, and I'm answering it. And she's like, you're overthinking it. I'm like, yeah, story of my life. Like it was, she was really, she was cool with me, but it was like, it was like everything she was saying was just like, I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'm here. Cause I'm crazy. And I want to make sure I don't have cancer. Like I don't want to be here. I go, it took balls for me to get here. You know, I go, if I didn't have my fucking emotional support animal and Simon in the fucking room, I'm like, it would have been harder to get here. I needed somebody to like, be like, no, we're going to go to the hospital. Let's go grab your jacket. You know, that, that kind of shit, just, just to be sure. And also there's a certain level of like, I can actually recover better without the stress and the overthinking and the anxiousness. Like, you know, my chest can relax a little bit. I actually feel a lot better just knowing that I've been to the doctor. So they did the, um, the stuff. And then she asked me again when she was leaving the room, she wasn't in there more than three minutes or four minutes, but then she's like, all right, well, we're going to get an X-ray and we'll get an E whatever the EKG equivalent is that they said. So she repeated it and I go, I like this thing. And I show her that I got the stickers in my hand. She's like, oh, they already did one. And I go, yeah, she did it like pretty quick. And she's like, okay. And, and then again, she's like, 
are you always this nervous? Like she asked me if I did drugs, if, if I had any history of like sudden death in my family or any of that stuff, I go, none that I'm aware of, you know, like I, I, I go and I, I, if I was on drugs, I would tell you, I want you to help me. So like, I wouldn't hide that information for you. It's pertinent to know. That's what I never got. Like, why do you go to the hospital and ask for help? And then you're going to lie about your situation. Like that scene from, uh, from as good as it gets, or not as good as it gets, uh, something's got to give where he's saying like, you know, they're like, uh, you know, have you taken any, you know, erectile dysfunction medication or anything like that? Like, no, it's like, okay, good. Because if you had, this will stop your heart. And he's like, unplug it, unplug it, unplug it. Like, you know, so like it's, it's that kind of shit. It's like the doctors ask you for a reason, you know, like if you're going to disrobe in front of them and show them, you know, all of your vulnerability in that regard, like who cares if they think you're a drug addict, like they're there to help you. They don't press charges on you. If you were taking Coke or anything, she said, no, but she, did you ever, I'm like, no, no, none of that stuff. So she was just saying, well, we'll get an x-ray to make sure you didn't like pop a lung or something like that. And I was like, okay. And I, and the funny thing too, is like, sometimes medical people fuck with me and I'm just, but I'm so like invested in what's going on that like, I just buy into everything. They're like, you're a comedian. You can't tell them. I'm just, like, not, not when it's, yeah, no, I can't tell you're joking. I, I believe everything you say. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm listening intently and crazily. So she asks me on her way out of the, the hospital room, you know, like, uh, so she goes, what, uh, are you always this nervous? I go, yes, I told you. She's like, no, but I mean like more so because you're at the hospital. And I go, yes, I'm a little more nervous because I'm at the hospital. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. She's like, okay. She let, and then she just like leaves the room. And I'm like, why did she ask me twice? If I'm, if I'm always this nervous, like, I don't know. I, 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 and I even asked her later, but I'm just like, why does, what does that mean? You know, why is that a thing? Am I always this nervous? Give me some medication then. Give me some fucking anti-anxiety. So she closes the door and leaves and then comes back in four seconds later. She goes, you just bought yourself some blood work. And I'm like, what? I go, even is that a threat? Like am I, or a punishment? I just bought my, like, what does that mean? I just bought myself some blood work. So it was one of the things that she said that I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, um, and then I'm like, what is it a punishment or did, or is she doing me a favor? Like it's healthcare. You don't have to pay for any of this shit. You know, you just bought yourself some blood work. Like, are you just, I, maybe she thought I was on drugs. Maybe she thought I was on fucking drugs. Cause she was nicer to me the second time she saw me. She's like, you're overthinking. I'm like, is that how fucking anxious and weird I am? That people think like I'm on drugs when I'm talking that that's, that's a fucking new one. I really should have asked, did you think I was on drugs? Is that why? But she's like, yeah, you just bought yourself some blood work. <laughs> it was probably that she thought I was on drugs. And so she, they, the woman who did my blood work, holy fuck. I have a, a, a big swollen fucking patch in my arm and a big purple bruise. Cause I've never had someone take blood in the middle of my forearm. I've had them take it from my hand. I've had them take it near my wrist. I've had them take it in the crank of my arm. And this chick took it in the middle of my fucking arm on the side. Looking for, Ooh, you have really, really thin veins. And I'm like, thank you. Right. Cause I don't get called thin very often. And, uh, and then sure enough, she's digging around in there. Can't find the vein. Every now and again, you get one of these fucking people that instead of going to a different location, you know, they're like invested too hard. Like one of those bad dragon's den shark tank pitches where they're like, you know, just let it go. St try, try another venture or ventricle. Huh? See what I did there? Try another spot. This one's not working out. No, I'll find it. Dig around, dig around, dig around. And she's like, and then at one point she's like, they've never had this happen to me ever while giving blood. She's like, huh? You stopped, you stopped giving blood. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's not, uh, it's just not coming out anymore. And I go, 
uh, okay. And then she's like, oh, that's weird. And she's like pushing down on my arm and stuff. And she's like, and I go, uh, we're not uh, like pumping oxygen into my fucking bloodstream, are we? She's, no, no, no. We're, we're pulling out, not pushing in. And I was like, okay. But she's digging around and fucking hurt. Dig, dig, dig. And I have this big bruise on my arm. She's like, oh, okay, there you go. Now you're going again. I'm like, she's like that'll happen sometimes. The vein will just stop giving blood. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you got a fucking BP oil spill in my arm here. Just, you thought you had the fucking driller going proper and you broke a pipe in there or something like that. Now we got fucking blood flowing all the way, killing all the Armand wildlife or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, guys, I'm sure I watched like five movies. I didn't add to this list. I kept trying to think of everything I watched. I'm like, no, 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 we're good. We're good on the movie talk. Um, so yeah, they did the blood work. I went back out to triage to wait for that. They're like, it's been taking about an hour for the blood work to, to come. Uh, so I sat there again, chatted with Simon. Simon, uh, was kind enough to some, some, uh, elderly woman, senior citizen was done, uh, her thing. And the, one of the nurses was trying to tell her about how to like, you know, maybe you can call a, a taxi cab. Like, and she's like, well, I don't have any money with me. I left my wallet at home or something like that. I left my credit card at home or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, um, you know, maybe you can tell the, the cab driver, they take credit cards. So you can, when you get home, you can go inside and get your credit card. And Simon was like, well, why don't you just take an Uber? It'll be cheaper. And she's like, oh, I've, my daughter takes that, but I don't know how to use it. And, uh, and, and Simon's like, oh, I'll take care of it for you. So he got her like a $13 Uber ride home, helped her outside of the car, everything like that. So that was nice of him. That was another good deed he did that day. Um, excuse me. Need a little water. Throat's getting a little dry. So, uh, anyways, uh, they called me back in, they sent me to get x-rays. They x-rays, they did give me three x-rays of the chest. And that was the one I was worried about. Cause I'm like, isn't the x-ray where they find like the black masses in your fucking lungs and stuff like that. Um, it was, was worrisome. I just don't like medical stuff. Like I said, the idea that someone can just walk in and go, well, here's your results. We found cancer, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the, the, the nonchalant bedside manner of like, you know, that's the stuff that just like, I'm like, I need someone there to hold my hand and calm me down. Like doctor just walks in. Okay. You have cancer. Uh, so you, you're going to want to talk to your doctor, see a specialist. Here's the number. Okay. All right. Uh, good luck with that. I hope you, and it's like, uh-huh, I'm just gonna sit in this cold room. Uh-huh, like that seems horrible. Seems horrible. I'm sorry if any of my listeners are dealing with that shit or have dealt with that shit. Uh, truly I am. I just, that shit scares the shit that the hell out of me, scares the shit out of me, scares the hell out of me, scares me, scares me, swearing, swearing. Um, so that was, that was the experience at the hospital. I remember, uh, the, it, well, there was a little more to it. They did the x-rays. They told me to go back to urgent care. The doctor who was talking to me, she's like, you know, she came to the window. She's like, oh, did you get your x-rays yet? And I go, yeah, I just got the x-rays. Uh, they had my blood work done. So she's like, okay, come on in have a seat in the hall. I'll be, I'll be there in a sec. And then she comes around and she's like, all right. She's like, everything looks fine. And I go, really? She's like, yep. There's, there's, you're, you know, it's not, you don't have a pop lung. No, there's no cancer or anything. She told me that a long time ago. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? She's like, like, live your life. And I was like, okay, but I like, should I take it easy or, or anything like that? She's like, well, yeah, it's sometimes these things take time to heal. I would, I would talk to your doctor and, and keep searching for the resolution for this cough. And I was like, well, the, I've had the cough for years. She's like, maybe your doctor can suggest you to a respirologist or whatever. I'm like, I have done all that. I've consulted with a respirologist. I've. I've looked into, I might actually bring that subject up again with this doctor because I was going to see a respirologist through apple tree. So maybe I'll just, I'll get him to refer me to a respirologist and we can figure out what this is. But I was telling her I was like on prednisone. I've got different puffers and stuff. I just seem to have this chronic like allergy cough. So she's like, well, you know, too, she's like, do you have acid reflux? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm on like 
like heavy medication for my acid reflux. She's like, well, we can try you a different medication because if you're, if you're refluxing while all this stuff's going on too, that can irritate the area as well and, and take longer for things to heal and whatnot. But like, okay, is there any period of time? Like I should wait, like if this doesn't clear up by blah, 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 like, should I come back? And she's like, only come back if, um, if it turns into a fever or, or, you know, things get worse, like you start getting nauseous, whatever, but like, she's like, but you're already, you know, 10 or more days with this, you know, if it was like sepsis or something like that, it would have, it would have started, you know what I mean? Any kind of infection and, and things like that, where you had a fever, your body trying to fight it off that you would have got that already. So, so they checked my blood. There's no, I guess, indications of anything in the blood that are showing, you know, heart attacks or she's like, heart's fine. Uh, you know, lungs are fine. Bones are fine. I just pulled something coughing. So that was my experience at the hospital. So I'm alive. <coughs> Sorry, just talking about the cough, but see, I just coughed there. I felt nothing. So light cough, mind you, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. So you can, you can fuck your shit up just coughing. Um, so that's, that's what I did. That's what I did, guys. I went to the hospital. I got it sorted. I'm not, uh, not, not dying of that. That something else will kill me any day now. But it wasn't that. So I, I did go to the hospital after a lot of just sitting around working on stuff at home, being worried, worried, worried that something serious was happening. And uh, yeah, man, I gotta, I, I gotta get over this fucking fear of the sub. The old me, as I mentioned in earlier episodes, would just let something go and never get it checked. So now I'm finally at a place where I'm like, okay, well, I get checked and, uh, it's, I still do it. I do it in a lot shorter time, but it still freaks me out that it's going to be like the worst news. Anything, anything is, is, is awful. Um, finally, just a, just a book and what I did this morning, I woke up early and I got a chat with a pal of mine, Gabby Pilon in uh, Thailand. She's a good friend of mine, a uh, comic who started off, you know, on the open mic Mondays, we even did a, a show on the road one day. I brought her with me to Windsor where she's from. So I, I got her into a club there to, you know, do some opening spots and an excuse to go back and visit her family. Um, but I just was catching up with her. She lives in Thailand as a teacher now. And she was telling me some of the weird stuff that they had there. I, uh, you know, I check out her Instagram posts and it's like some of the, the squiggly wiggly stuff that they eat there. I'm like, it blows my mind. I'm like, it's like watching a Jim Henson movie where like, you know, all these animatronic worms and snails and things like that, you know, like a movie like labyrinth. Like, oh, do you want to eat this concoction? Like that Indiana Jones dinner from the temple of doom where they sit down, there's fucking eyeballs in the soup and shit. Like it's just, every time I look at it, I'm like, Ugh. You know, I told her I'm way too North American, you know, privileged, sheltered life to like go to another country and just eat. My friend, Chris Montenegrino showed me pictures of like, like some like rice noodle dish she was eating with like live grubs in it. And they're just swarming, squirming around the food. And I'm like, did you eat that? He's like, of course I ate it. Of course I ate it. He's like there. It's like so disrespectful if you don't eat the food that's put in front of you. And he's like, and I paid for it. It was like at a restaurant that he ate this. And he's like, and people were watching me and I'm like, was it bad? He's like, one of the worst things I've ever eaten. One of the worst things I've ever eaten. So we were just chatting about that. She was showing me like what, like the, the squat toilets look like there, which is like literally like a hole in the ground or like, it's like this weird little porcelain thing. It's almost like a little, like a little, uh, training, like a kid's potty. That's like, like porcelain built into the ground. That's slightly elevated where you just stand, squat, piss into it. And then the the way that you flush it is like, there's a bucket of water and a scoop and you just grab a scoop of water and sort of splash it down. And it like runs. I don't, 
it was fascinating to learn. And then of course her and I were chatting about the documentaries and, and shit like that. And just how you do in comedy, how's life, this, that, whatever. It was great. It was great catching with her. And we ended up, we tried it for almost three hours. So, uh, amazing. Don't worry. I didn't record it. So you guys don't have to listen to it, but, uh, but it was great. I, I, I had a great time chatting with my friend. I look forward to, we chatted about, you know, if, if I end up with time, maybe I'll go over there and completely gross myself out to take in the culture. <laughs> Not that our culture is gross, but just some of the food stuff. I'm like, that's that you fuck with my food. That'd be hard. But anyways, um, it was great. It was a great chat. So lots of movies, druggy feelings. I was kind of hoping they would give me like, a like send me home with like a muscle relaxant or something or like a cough suppressant so that I could just like rest easier. But it was like, literally like, just like live your life, dude. But at least I know it's not like a, uh, blockage or something in my heart or something that's causing me. Cause like I said, that first night coffin thought I was having a heart attack. So back to work. I'm still working on new things for the box. I'm uh new things. I mean like just packing and getting it ready. I hope to be, like I said, the second that other thing comes in, I could do deliveries to my local people like same day, get it, pack it, finish the, the final wrapping of the top and get that, that stuff to you guys. Because I, I'm so excited to start getting feedback and, and just seeing people posting some stuff with whatnot, you know, I'm sure it's more exciting for me than it is for anyone else, but I'm, I'm proud of the hard work that went into this and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing what everybody thinks. So, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast guys. Uh, next week, 198, we're getting close. Um, I'm going to be recording some new things for the, the 200th and, um, yeah, just, just sort of hanging out. I'm going to, I'm going to hit some more of these movies on my list and, uh, and just keep taking her easy until I can cough loud and proud without a pain in my chest. Um, contact the one man podcast.com. Tell me about any of the movies that I mentioned, what your thoughts were. Um, again, I'm just mentioning every week. Oh shit. I do get it. I finally got an email and I almost didn't read it. Um, my buddy Mark. So I'm going to finish that thought, which is just. When, when you guys get the inkling to send me a text message, just fire it to me in an email, because that's almost literally what Mark sent me this week. You know, he's like, uh, he called me and he was very articulate on the phone about like, dude, I really loved that episode with you and Izzy. I'm like, just fire it to me in a fucking email. So here's the email. This is the, the email. Get ready. It's a lengthy one. Uh, Hey Josh wanted to drop you a line regarding the February 10th episode. Really enjoyed the episode, the connection that you and your guest host Izzy made uh, sorry, the, the, sorry, the connection that you and your guest host Izzy made for a great episode. Thanks for the episode, Mark. <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's an email. Um, I had a great time with Iz. Uh, we got a lot of, uh, feedback again, like a lot of people just fire text messages. Hey, great episode. Loved it. Good dynamic. Has she done anything, you know, verbal before? Because she's very well-spoken. You two play off each other. Well, you can tell you guys are good friends. Um, so it was, I was like, yeah, uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought she did a great job. I, she had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So in terms of, of the reason I bug you guys for emails is obviously it's a little more content for the show. It gives me something to talk about, but, um, it's just nice to know. Like I said, I don't scour around for the stuff. So the same time it takes you to fire me a text message, fire it in an email. Um, I just, I, I just really love hearing from you guys. So, um, as much as people will send me a text message, a big, long two paragraph text message about like what they thought of a movie or something, just, it's easier for me to find it. Cause I've had some people be like, well, just read my text. I'm like, when I'm putting the episode together, I'm not scouring through all my people who've texted me and then scouring through all my Facebook messages to see if someone wrote something about the podcast, scour through all my different email addresses. You send it to contact the one man podcast, anything that's sitting there 
Uh, I said, I can find it easy and clearly almost forgot the one that fucking Mark sent me. So, um, I, I'm, I'm getting so used to not getting emails. Like, God damn, I submit them. So, um, it's just a, it's just a request guys. It's a plea. I love hearing from you. It makes my day in a way that you couldn't possibly imagine. Okay. I really mean that just to know that, that speaking of like, look, I love, I'm not saying stop the texts and that's it. I'll take, I, you know, I'm happy to get the feedback that I'm getting, but it's, uh, it really truly is appreciated to get an email at contact at one man podcast.com. Um, a friend of mine's podcast is still a couple friends of mine. Podcast still going well. I'm just going to give them another shout out guys. If you have an opportunity, please check out trapped in a trailer with Tiff. Uh, it's currently only on Podbean, So if you go to Podbean.com and then search in there, trapped in a trailer with Tiff, you can find it. Um, same thing with my friend Zach's podcast, BPZ talks, big Papa Zach's is what the BPZ stands for. BPZ talks also exclusively on Podbean. Again, these guys are brand new podcasters. Zach's up to like 10 episodes. I don't know how long they're, I think they're about like 10 or 12 minutes each, but but it's just both of them are getting a lot of joy out of creating these podcasts. And again, as a new podcaster, it uh, really gives you kind of a shot in the arm to keep going when you're seeing the downloads and stuff like that. And again, you want to give them any feedback. Um, it's, it's much appreciated. So uh, thanks for listening to uh, the one man podcast. I appreciate you guys. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to chatting with you again soon.